what's going on in this race. Yeah, I mean, we have a barn burner on our hands right here. Yes, we do. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Oh, I did. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is your broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove. 93 FM WLRI in lovely Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. Minneapolis, St. Paul, AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and blanketing the globe on kpfk.org five days a week and streaming on Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, and of course, Radio Sputnik five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another thrilling, action-packed adventure, and I am live, live here in the... You know, before I even mention, I cannot, I cannot adequately express the amount of wrong that everyone I see on the TV machines has been about this election cycle so far. Every one of them, about every candidate for both of the major parties, just wrong, wrong, wrong. And did I mention they are wrong? They spend hours on the air, 24-7, going on and on and on about things that are just absolutely untrue. No wonder I'm not on TV very often. But uh, but we are uh, here, right here on the radio, being right and not, not misleading you day after day as the corporate media does. And so I'm glad you found us. We are here five days a week. And uh, for your electoral educating enjoyment, how's that? That's good. Is that good? (laughs) I like it. uh, Yeah. And we have yet to mislead you about anything so far this cycle, as far as I know. But the year is young. So uh, we are live, as I said, here at the uh, KPFK studios in Los Angeles today. And come hell or high water, I will open these phone lines. I will open them up because I have been dying to hear from you uh, for quite a while. KPFK has been on fun drive again of late. So uh, thank you to all those who supported our flagship station here, KPFK in Los Angeles, during that drive to help non-corporatized, people-powered radio stay on the air here in the nation's largest progressive radio market and to be on the air and be right, to be right about what we're telling you. Our phone number, if you're listening live on KPFK and you'd like to ring in on anything and everything that's been going on of late, and there has been plenty of that, 
including Tuesday night's election results uh, and Bernie Sanders' huge win. Well, sort of. In Michigan, more on that in a moment. Uh, If you'd like to ask me about concerns that you may have about reported election irregularities so far this season, we have been doing our best to track them all and hunt them all down, hunt uh, hunt down answers uh, to concerns so far that have uh, come up this cycle right here on the broadcast where we are on the air five days a week. Uh, And if you don't get us on your favorite radio station, uh, you can always stop by uh, bradblog.com, download them for free, kpfk.org, download them for free, iTunes, whatever you like. Uh, In any event, if you have questions for me, my number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. That's how long it's been. Uh, If we can't answer right away... It's either because uh, Desi is uh, goofing off somewhere or uh, more likely uh, because the uh, uh, phones are are filling up uh, quickly and we've got a few important things that I need to hit first. But before that and before we get to the latest reported election results and concerns and questions about them from Tuesday night's contests in Michigan and Mississippi and Idaho and Hawaii, uh, Desi Doyen. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm here. All right. Go answer the phone. Yes. No. Okay. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, uh, actually, Desi uh, will be back with us um, uh, in, in a bit, of course, with the latest Green News report. The Democrats debated in Flint, Michigan, and uh, called for the governor to resign there. And in fact, uh, some environmental things came up during yeah, that debate a for a change. Imagine that. Uh, So uh, we will talk about that. And the uh, corporate media coverage, believe it or not, of climate change is declining. I know. It's kind of nuts. Seems impossible. But uh, they have figured out a way to even uh, do their job less good on uh, in corporate media. And uh, we also mark the uh, fifth year anniversary of the historic quake and tsunami and Fukushima nuclear disaster. Uh, in Japan. That disaster continues. Uh, As I say, this week, it's the fifth anniversary of that uh, triple disaster in Japan. And we spoke on yesterday's broadcast with Steve Herman of the Voice of America in Bangkok. Um, We spoke uh, to him right here on this very program, (laughs) I I recall, from this very microphone uh, here at KPFK, just hours after the initial uh, disaster struck and when that nuclear plant was uh, incredibly precarious, it still is, arguably. Uh, we spoke to Steve Herman at the time, and we spoke to him again yesterday uh, uh, to mark the fifth anniversary of what is still an ongoing disaster there. And it's not being covered, obviously, uh, much in the news with uh, the election and Donald Trump sucking up all of the oxygen everywhere. Yeah. But uh, what they are dealing with in Fukushima is still a disaster, and uh, people are still kept out of that exclusion zone. Hundreds of thousands have been unable to move back into the area. Uh, Anyway, here's just a a, a quick point uh, from Steve Herman. He was one of the first into the nuclear plant, as far as journalists, after the disaster. Um, And uh, he, he recently went back uh, to report on what's going on there again. Yeah, and, just a few weeks ago. And he talks about uh, the amazing amount of radioactive soil and water that is piling up, and there is still no place to put it and still no long-term uh, plan for that. Here's just a just a clip from yesterday's interview, which I urge you to go listen to. You have um, water 
uh, and then you have uh, soil, 9 million cubic meters of radioactive waste uh, are stored on shelter in these black bags, as you mentioned from my story, mm -hmm. throughout the prefecture. And then it's estimated there's another 13 million cubic meters of toxic soil uh, that's been yet uh, uh, to be collected. One um, a consultant I talked to, an American, a former U.S. diplomat, says that Tokyo Electric Power can't decide what to do with all of it, and, and they refuse to let any uh, foreign experience program management companies uh, come in and, and help them out with this. There's um, been a lot of criticism that uh, there is this nexus uh, of information control and, um, and also controlling all the work. Uh, to keep it uh, within um, um, these organizations. We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars mm. of uh, spending that's going to occur over um, many decades. So you could say that this is actually uh, a very, very uh, lucrative uh, industry in its own, mm. just talking about the, um, uh, the cleanup effort. A lucrative industry, just the cleanup. Well, uh, no wonder... Uh, the people who run the uh, almost identical nuclear plants in this country don't want to get rid of them because we make money whether they work or whether they don't. Uh, incredible. I would urge you to listen to that uh, harrowing interview, frankly, with uh, with Steve Herman. You can download it for free at bradblog.com uh, from yesterday. He, he noted that there were they're storing soil. And I had to check to make sure this wasn't a typo. Uh, radioactive soil in 115 thousand locations around the Fukushima prefecture. So uh, and he said, yeah, they triple checked that because it seems so extraordinary. So anyway, uh, go check out that. Uh, go check out that interview uh, because it's getting lost clearly uh, with everything else that's going on and yesterday's uh, amazing election night and everything else. So um, by the way, you can tweet me throughout the show if you can't get through on the phone lines. My, uh, I am on the Twitters at the Brad Blog. I'll do my best to keep an eye on that. All right, Tuesday's elections. Well, uh, man. All right, let's start with the Republican side. Get that done and out of the way. Uh, GOP uh, in Idaho. Ted Cruz had his only win of the night. He beat Donald Trump handily in Idaho by 17 points with uh, Rubio and Kasich far behind. Marco Rubio, the party's savior, not so much as it turns out. In Hawaii, as you might not have heard since that uh, came in so late last night, in Hawaii they had caucuses. Donald Trump beat Ted Cruz by 10 points with record turnout even amid rainy, windy weather out there in Hawaii. Uh, with Rubio and Kasich, again, far, far behind. In Mississippi, Donald Trump beat Ted Cruz by 11 points. John Kasich came in third in Mississippi, beating poor Marco, little Marco, uh, beating him. Uh, but both were barely on the map. Both uh, Rubio and uh, Kasich were barely on the map. They had single digits there. In Michigan, Donald Trump beat Ted Cruz by more than 11 points, but John Kasich again came in third, almost tied. Uh, really, it, essentially, it was a second place finish for John Kasich. Uh, he almost tied Cruz at just under 24 percent each in Ohio's neighboring state. John Kasich, of course, the governor of Ohio, hoping to do well. 
uh, on March 15th there. That's uh, John Kasich's last chance to uh, stay, let's say, viable. Marco Rubio in Michigan was way, way down in fourth place with just 9% of the vote. It seems that the uh, the good ship Rubio may have sailed at this point, uh, and uh, Rubio's only remaining hope is his home state of Florida, where he is currently losing in the uh, pre-election polls to Donald Trump. So uh, good luck there, uh, Senator. Uh, one victory for Cruz yesterday. Everything else went to Donald Trump as usual. Uh, He is now uh, Donald Trump is up 458 to Ted Cruz's 359 when it comes to the delegate count. About 1200 are needed to clinch that. We'll see. The only question at this point is, does Donald Trump get enough uh, delegates to win on the first ballot at the uh, at the uh, Republican convention in Cleveland in July? Or do they go to a contested convention and all hell quite literally breaks loose in Cleveland? Uh, We'll find out. All right. Moving on to the Democratic side, as I suspect some of you may want to call in and and chat about it. Up to you. 818-985-5735. First in Mississippi, Hillary Clinton thumped, destroyed, wiped out Bernie Sanders by 66 points. Largely on that state's 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that are used across much of the state. She picked up a net gain of 25 delegates in the bargain in Mississippi. Um, Now, that said, Sanders wasn't really competing there. He wasn't trying to win there. He was focusing on Michigan. And in Michigan, Sanders, Bernie Sanders, reportedly beat Hillary Clinton. I'm sure you've heard it was a barn burner, but he and he beat her by just a little bit more than one point five points. But there was uh, record turnout uh, in many places. Polling places reportedly ran out of ballots in a number of locations. I know that I've heard from a lot of you uh, who have sent me email. Uh, You can reach me, bradcast at bradblog.com, who had concerns about this. And, yeah, there were some places where for an hour or two, voters could not cast their vote at all. Uh, Reportedly in uh, in Grand Rapids, which went towards uh, went to Bernie Sanders. Um, nonetheless, despite the uh, pretty close uh, race there, uh, Michigan was a huge win, obviously, nonetheless, for Bernie Sanders, who, according to all of the pre-election polls, was set to lose the state of Michigan to Hillary Clinton by some 20 points, according to all of the pre-election polls. The polling was totally different than the reported results on Tuesday night. Totally. I have never seen them be so different uh, than the reported results in a presidential contest at any rate. Um, At least not since Hillary was set to lose to uh, uh, Barack Obama back in 2008 in the New Hampshire primary. And she ended up winning, according to that state's paper ballot optical scan computer tabulators in New Hampshire. Michigan uses a very similar uh, uh, set of tabulators, paper ballot uh, computer tabulators in Michigan. So if there are questions about those results by either Clinton or Sanders uh, supporters, there would be a way to find out who actually won the state of Michigan if they can get access to those paper ballots. Uh, In any event, there is unlikely to be any such challenge, I suspect, because the truth is that while Bernie, uh, his victory is a a huge momentum boost for him and his campaign, 
particularly as it defied the reported odds, the two largely split the state delegates count, given the uh, proportional uh, system of distributing delegates that they have uh, up there in Michigan and and all of the other states uh, for the Democrats. Sanders received 65 actual delegates, actual delegates, not the super delegates, not the pretend delegates, uh, these, uh, you know, these non-pledged party insiders who tell somebody in the media, yeah, I support Hillary. Clinton, but these are actual delegates. Sanders received 65 of them. Clinton won 58 in Michigan. So pretty close there, just a seven delegate difference. <clears throat> and uh, even an expensive statewide or, or even localized recount would be unlikely to change those delegate numbers very much. Uh, unless there was some sort of massive mistally all across the state. That's possible. But of course, who knows? We don't bother to count actual ballots in this country anymore. So what happened in Michigan? How did this come about? Uh, despite many comment- uh, commentators on TV telling you that, uh, oh, it's very difficult to poll in Michigan. Uh, There's a weird history of primaries, and uh, we just don't know. The fact is the GOP uh, pre-election polling for Michigan was pretty much dead on, was right on the money uh, for Donald Trump, for Ted Cruz, for uh, John Kasich, but not on the Democratic side. So what happened? Don't know. If you trust the results that are being reported from around the uh, around the state, again, on paper ballots, though scanned by a computer, uh, then perhaps the takeaway, if you trust those results, then maybe the takeaway for you needs to be don't listen to the polls. Don't listen to the mainstream corporate media spin. Instead, go vote. This is, again, it's not a contest where you get a prize if you select the winner. Uh, You know, if your candidate is 20 points down, but you give a damn about your candidate, go vote for them. This message became clear when uh, uh, last night when Dave Weigel reported, uh, Washington Post Dave Weigel, very good reporter. uh, He said uh, that he just kept meeting uh, Dems in Michigan who were saying that Hillary has the primary locked up. So they went and cast an anti-Trump vote uh, for John Kasich. They went and voted on the Republican side because they thought, oh, Hillary doesn't need my vote. Well, apparently she did. Yes, voting matters. Yes, it really does. Uh, others are chalking, uh, chalking this uh, really you know, amazing, uh, uh, these amazing results where Bernie was supposed to lose, according to the polls, ended up winning, according to the voters. Uh, to his uh, support for uh, international so-called free trade policies, not for his support, uh, but for the voters uh, and their concerns about uh, the differences between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton when it comes to those free trade policies in this big industrial and union state of Michigan. Almost three-fifths of voters reportedly told exit pollsters that trade with other countries was more likely to take away jobs here in the U.S., and those voters favored Sanders by more than 10 points. The New York Times reports that Bernie Sanders poured money and time into the state of Michigan. He advertised heavily about a month ago. He spent nearly $2 million, uh, while Clinton was more focused on the Super Tuesday contests held a week ago. One ad that uh, uh, the... uh, 
the, the advisors uh, in the Sanders camp cited that they believe, at least, was particularly effective, uh, was one that portrayed Bernie Sanders as the only candidate who had consistently opposed the free trade agreements that many Michigan voters blame for job losses. Uh, so that might have worked. Uh, our friend John Nichols of The Nation uh, tweeted last night, uh, against overwhelming odds, Bernie Sanders has won Michigan. Why? Trade policies matter. And consistency on trade policy matters even more, he said. Michael Moore, you've heard of him, uh, of Flint, uh, Flint, Michigan, Flint native, said for Michigan to say we want a democratic socialist should send a strong message to everyone. We have had enough. The fight is on, says Michael Moore. Uh, After all of that, Hillary Clinton nonetheless won more delegates, real delegates on Tuesday night, not the fake super delegates that the mainstream corporate media has been misreporting and misleading voters about. We've been talking about that a lot on this show. The latest one to do it was Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, and it was just atrocious. But she joined Google and The Washington Post and New York Times uh, and AP in sort of bunching in these uh, these superdelegates to her reporting and saying that uh, Bernie faces an uphill fight. He will never he'll never be able to catch her. Well, I don't know. He may or may not be able to catch her. Um, But right now, he is not down nearly as far as the mainstream media continues to tell you. And I just don't understand why they are doing that. I could guess, but I won't. You can guess if you want. Um, So uh, the the numbers from Tuesday night, uh, Hillary ended up winning in delegate count, if not in momentum. Uh, She picked up 25 delegates, net gain of 25 delegates in Mississippi, where Bernie picked up just seven in Michigan uh, because they essentially tied when it came to delegates. So uh, there was a net gain for Hillary of 18 delegates. That gives her a little over 200 delegate lead over Bernie Sanders in actual pledged delegates. However... There are some 700, almost 700 actual delegates up for grabs next Tuesday uh, in a bunch of big states and big states that look uh, and feel a lot like Michigan states, industrial belt states like Illinois uh, and Ohio. Also, Florida, Missouri, my old hometown is uh, is is going to be voting next week. uh, North Carolina. Uh, which uh, is a swing state. Obama won in his uh, in 2008, and I think he barely lost it in 2012. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't want to play. We, we've got the audio. I'm not going to play. I played it on, uh, I think it was yesterday's program, Rachel Maddow, uh, misleading voters uh, about the delegate count. Don't be misled. Okay, very quickly before we get to a break and your phone calls, um, Some concerns about some of the irregularities people have been uh, since I mentioned Illinois there. Did I mention Illinois? Illinois is coming up next week as well. Did I have that? Yeah. Illinois is coming up next week. Neighboring Michigan there. Uh, A lot of people have been freaking out, telling me that Bernie has been left off the ballot in Cook County, which is Chicago. No. No. No evidence that Bernie Sanders is being left off the ballot in Chicago. Uh, What people seem to be getting confused with is a mailer that was circulated with the candidates endorsed by the Cook County Democrats 
they have endorsed Hillary Clinton and they put out something that they're calling uh, misleadingly a sample ballot. Uh, That's not an actual ballot. Uh, Is that sleazy? Yeah. Is it meant to suggest that Hillary was the only candidate on the ballot? Yes. But uh, Bernie has not, to my knowledge, been left off of the ballot in Cook County or anywhere else. And I say to my knowledge, of course, because Cook County holds its primary, uh, as I said, next week, next Tuesday in uh, the great state of Illinois. And they still use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems for early voting, just like the ones that were used across the state of Louisiana over this past weekend and almost caused the disaster there in the Donald Trump Ted Cruz contest. I noted earlier this week that the ones they use down in Louisiana and the ones they're using up in Cook County, by the way, are called the Sequoia Edge touchscreen systems. Those are the ones with a little yellow button on the back. So aside from being completely unverifiable ever, They also have a little yellow button on the back that if you push them in a certain way, as we reported at Bradblog.com 10 years ago, in November of 2006, if you push that yellow button in a specific way, the machines will go into manual mode and you can vote as many times as you want until you are physically restrained from doing so. When I initially broke that story back in uh, in 2006, it was confirmed by then Republican Secretary of State uh, Bruce McPherson's office because uh, we used to use those systems out here in California. The Democratic Secretary of State that came into office just a few days later ended up decertifying those machines across California, but they are still used in Louisiana. They are still used in Cook County in Chicago, Illinois. So good luck with those. And that's what I mean. I don't know if Bernie is actually on the ballot or not. Nobody knows because they use unverifiable election uh, uh, touchscreens still, which is just amazing to me. By the way, I didn't mention those same machines, those exact same ones, those Sequoia machines. Those are the ones I think it was back in 2008 uh, where someone was able to hack a a game of Pac-Man onto the voting machine. So it offered Pac-Man instead of uh, the actual voting systems. Yes, really. Go to bradblog.com. Look it up. Look up Pac-Man. Go to bradblog.com. Search Pac-Man. You'll see the photos. Uh, Search yellow button if you want to find out how to press that button in such a way. Um, But anyway, so what do you want to talk about? Got any questions for me? I'd love to answer them. Any thoughts on what's happened in Michigan? Will Bernie be able to close the gap between him and Hillary in time? Will the GOP figure out how to derail a Trump nomination? Uh, And frankly, why would they want to at this point? Heard of any election integrity uh, issues, any election irregularities so far this cycle that you'd like me to speak to? The lines are open. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. 
You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. Yeah. Shine on yeah. The there is a uh, there is a blue moon shining over the uh, great state of Kentucky today. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Democrats won three of four special house elections on Tuesday. This was this Tuesday. This wasn't the previous uh, week. This wasn't during the Republican primary. These were special House elections, and uh, Democrats apparently showed up in droves. Uh, They won three of four special House elections on Tuesday, dealing a blow to Republican takeover attempts and solidifying their power in the last legislative chamber in the South that uh, the Democratic Party still controls. According to AP, this is uh, just over four months ago. Uh, you'll recall we talked a lot about it on this program. Um, the uh, the Democratic governor out there who was uh, term limited, he was replaced by a Republican. The party, the Democratic Party, lost four of six statewide elected offices. Uh, that led to uh, uh, two of its members switching parties in the uh, state house there in what looked like the beginning of a Republican power grab. But Tuesday's victories energized a Democratic Party that once dominated Southern politics, says AP. Um, so and this was after uh, the new Republic, excuse me, Republican Governor Matt Bevin promised to uh, roll back. Uh, the expansion of Obamacare that had taken place under the Democratic uh, governor there was very popular in Kentucky. And uh, apparently uh, folks are saying, nope, we don't like that. Uh, the victory by Democrats assures they will have at least 51 votes that they need to pass a budget that will roll back most of Bevin's, uh, the governor there, uh, his proposed $650 million in spending cuts Colleges and university presidents said the cuts would force them to raise tuition, could cause the elimination of some academic programs. K-12 advocates said the cuts would hurt public preschool options. So uh, so Democrats uh, in the supposedly red-ish state of Kentucky uh, are, uh, are standing up and they're doing uh, they're doing well down there. Good for them. Uh, all right, let's get to the phones. 818-985-5735. Anything you want to talk about? Who should we go to here? Uh, let's go to, uh, well, because it says uh, Bernie Mentum. So let's go there because that'll be fun. Eli in Upland, welcome to the broadcast. What's up, Eli? Hey, Brad, I wanted to see if you heard anything about since Bernie galvanized all these people, millions of people paying attention to the political process, even if he loses, let's say if he loses, will he use that people's power to change things in Congress? Mm. That's where the change needs to come. 
So I wanted to see if you heard anything about that. Uh, well, I mean, he can't change anything in Congress on his own. It is up to uh, you and we, the people, you know, to elect people that, that can work with him uh, and can uh, take uh, obviously take back the Senate for Democrats before anything can be done there. And I know that the uh, House is uh, gerrymandered. In, you know, to within an inch of its life. But I still, you know, when you look at these uh, results down in Kentucky, I still refuse to believe that if people uh, come out and vote instead of staying home, instead of being lazy, instead of saying my vote won't make any damn difference if they turn out and vote. Yeah. You know what? Democrats could take the House back if they really wanted to. Uh, but I'm not in the business of predictions, so I don't know what will happen. But uh Anyway, that's my thought there, uh, Eli. Does that answer your question, sort of? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, thanks, brother. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's go to uh, Christopher in, there we go, uh, Christopher in L.A. Hey, Christopher, welcome to the broadcast. What's up, sir? Hey, Brad. Uh, a comment and then a question for you. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, the Donald Trump circus, it, it serves two two goals, and that is to... Uh, allow the Republicans not to discuss issues in any in, in, in any substantive way during the debates, so that the American public doesn't really know what they're truly about. And it also the focus on Trump has taken the focus off of Sanders. In other words, if Trump was not there, if the media wasn't uh, you know giving him total attention, the, the huge story of this election cycle would be the rise of Bernie Sanders. So that's just a comment. Yeah, well, well I, you know what? I, let me let me just respond there, uh, Christopher. I, I appreciate that comment. But you know what? Even if Donald Trump wasn't in the race, the media would still be, as usual, obsessed with the Republican race. They would be, t- and and ignoring uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. I, you know, ob- yeah, Trump has sucked up a lot of the oxygen. But I think they would still come up with a, a fresh way uh, to ignore Bernie Sanders. Anyway, go ahead. Your question, Christopher. Yeah, my question is, I thought I heard uh, Ted Cruz, when he was asked about waterboarding, mm-hmm. I thought I heard him in his response indicate, he started quoting from the J. Bybee uh, Lee definition of torture, mm-hmm. which was what, what the, they, the Bush administration changed the actual definition of torture right. to allow for what the Bush administration had done, even though it was... It was uh, considered torture under international law. We made up our own definition that was more expansive, right. so it allowed for things like waterboarding. Yeah. If it only, only if it resulted in organ failure or death, I think that's some of the language. Right. I believe, is it correct that Cruz actually used that definition to uh, justify waterboarding and other techniques? Yeah. Yeah, he he. Did, I can't remember if it was him or or Rubio. I think I think it was him. And and thanks for the the question, Christopher. Uh, I I believe that it was him. He uh, at one of the debates recently. Yeah, I mean, listen, that has been the Republican orthodoxy uh, since the uh, George W. Bush administration. That oh, this was not torture. This was not a war crime. This did not violate the Geneva Convention because there was no organ failure or you know whatever this ridiculous. Uh, definition that uh, George W. Bush's attorneys, you mentioned Bybee and and John Yu, whatever it was that they cooked up. Now, you know, it's obvious it's it's BS and it's nonsense. But frankly, the reason they can get away with that at all 
is because this administration, the Obama administration, didn't do a damn thing about it, didn't prosecute anybody, allowed the torturers to go on. I think Jay Bybee has now a, a lifetime appointment as a federal judge. John Yoo is up in uh, 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 up in uh, San Francisco uh, at the University of California. I can't remember which one up there. UC Berkeley uh, uh, teaching. Uh, and, you know, posting op-eds in Washington Post because there was never any accountability. So we will have to, unfortunately, still keep fighting that battle, still keep fighting that war against uh, war criminals because this administration refused to do a damn thing about it. <sighs> all right. Uh, I didn't know you were going to get me all excited about torture again. Uh, let's go to um, uh, Justin. There we go. Justin in Glendale, California. Hey, Justin, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, sir? A real honor, a real honor. Well, my first question I was going to put to you is about why in this world of billionaires that have sent all the jobs overseas and going back to Walmart Asian over the last 30 years, and I thought that's where I wanted to go, but if you will, maybe you can share the insight of the media. When Trump says something really off the wall, they go brain dead. I've never seen a interview go where to where uh, they just never challenge what the guy's saying. And I thought from a media perspective, maybe you can explain what's happened that's gone out of the consciousness of the interviewer. You know, I can't, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't begin to speak for the, uh, the corporate media and the way they think. I mean, you know, listen, I do know as somebody who uh, you know does a show every day, I've uh, blogged for uh, what are we about thirteen years at this point. Uh, I understand that uh, there's an, an, a need, an interest in getting people's attention. Uh, at the same time, uh, I appreciate the responsibility that we have as people in the media, as people who are given, uh, as I've you know said many times, the uh, constitutional dispensation of freedom of the press. That with that, we have a responsibility to report things that matter, to educate the electorate. And so how do you figure out how to balance educating the electorate and do something that is interesting and fun and that will, you know, is entertaining and will keep people listening while you are educating the electorate? That is hard. That said, I don't think the corporate media even thinks about educating the electorate. At this point, where news, uh, you know, it used to be, if you go back to uh, CBS and Bill Paley, you know, it was a, a loss leader um, at CBS. But they knew this was the jewel in the crown to have, a, a, you know, a, a news reporting unit that they could be proud of. They don't care about that anymore because right now the only thing that matters is ratings and the commercialization of media. So listen, if uh, Ted Cruz, uh, I'm sorry, Donald Trump or anyone else says something incredibly stupid and you know you're going to get a lot of traffic on your website and on your network uh, to this exclusive, then they are so thrilled to have that they can't even, it doesn't even occur to them to have so a follow-up. they're letting them talk and to speak because it'll generate more controversy rather than actually calling them yeah. on what he's saying. Yeah. So it's part of a... You're saying it's not quite intentional, but it's just, but it just, it you know, God bless uh, Walter Cronkite and uh, F um, and Murrow back mm -hmm. in the day. Yeah, but it's just, it's just such a strange turn of events to where when someone, somebody's saying the sky is purple or pink, and no, and everybody just sits there and yeah. just kind of like it. 
that's what concerns me more than anything else, because it truly is a reflection of how bad it's gotten. Yep. And that's what I don't know what there's an antidote to. I mean, we have the Internet. We, The average 10-year-old is more informed than our great ancestors <laughs> were. However, when you picked up an encyclopedia, somebody actually vetted it. But it's it's this strangeness of life to where it just, it's this... Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, lobotomy, lo- yeah. lobotomization of the media. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, and that's where we are. And it, it's even worse, uh, frankly, uh, than you describe. Thanks, Justin, i got to get to another caller. But it, okay. it's, it's worse than you describe, because not only uh, are the media that we have terrible— but uh, radio stations uh, like our flagship here in Los Angeles, KPFK, progressive radio stations around the country who try to tell you what is actually going on, who might actually ask some follow-up questions, we have been removed from the airwaves, the people's airwaves, the airwave that we own, that we the people own. Good luck finding a progressive radio station in your community. I mean, they are almost nowhere. I think we are on the broadcast is on almost all of them at this point. Uh, at least certainly the the commercial uh, on the commercial airwaves, the existing uh, radio stations that aren't right wing loon stations or, you know, sports or music or whatever. Anyway, uh, let me uh, try to squeeze in a few more calls before we got to get to the Green News Report. Uh, really appreciate your thoughts, though, uh, Justin. Uh, let's go to Vicky in L.A. Hey, Vicki, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, thank you so much. I have Hillary Clinton crashing news to give you. Okay. Crashing Clinton, Hillary. I was, yeah. part, I was part of the Clinton task force. Yeah. I am the only physician to write law, mm-hmm. and I wrote the informed consent law for hysterectomies for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I did that for uh, Congresswoman uh, Watson. I then was placed on the task force to work on the health care reform law. Mm-hmm. And what Hillary did was had a big meeting that was videotaped, videotaped by Self Magazine, and the editor of Self Magazine was the host and interviewer. Hillary didn't know the difference after six months of research and papers and documents sent to the task team between a mastectomy and a hysterectomy. Wow. She was way out. It was like nobody was concerned. It was all a media ploy. All the money was... Vicky, was this was this back in the? Uh, you're talking about the original uh, attempt by the Hillary Clinton back in the '90s. Yes, the original, yes. All right. Well, it was all media. It was all hype, and nobody did anything. And it was just like, oh, look, Hillary's doing this. Hillary did nothing. Not only did she do nothing, but she didn't stand up for women when we were trying to get laws passed. She would she wouldn't answer the phones then, but she would answer the phone if she wanted you on television with her, making her look good. Maybe that's why she Hillary, never answers my calls, Vicky. Uh, that must be oh, it. I'm so sorry. Brad. I know. I, I know. That, that's probably <laughs> it. And, and even I know the difference between a mastectomy and a hysterectomy. Hysterectomy. I, I think. She, you know. <laughs> All right. So everything has been about you know selling to Wall Street and and. You know, women need to wake up. Hillary is not there for you. 
Hillary is there for Hillary. Thank you, Vicky. I appreciate I, and and that is uh, Vickery, Vicky for uh, Bernie Sanders, I suspect. I appreciate the the call, Vicky. Uh, let me uh, very quickly get to we only got a minute or so here. So quickly, Alex, uh, hang on. Uh, there we go. I've got a minute or so before the break. Uh, Alex in L.A. Uh, what's on your mind? What's that? It's Alec with a C. Uh, Alec. Okay. Welcome to the broadcast, Alec. What is on your mind? Um, I was. I think I've told you this before. Smart. I'll just mention it one more time. I voted in Inyo County in the last presidential election. Yeah. I voted absentee ballot, certified registered mail, signature required, and the Inyo County Post Office. Rather than taking the my ballot across the street to the registrar, which they are in Inyo County, they sent the ballot to my home address. So the election passed, and that ballot was not counted. What, what, the, what do you mean? They're supposed to send... What, what do you mean they sent it to your home? I, I don't understand. Okay, I, I, I was voting from Los Angeles right. in Inyo County. Okay. Um, because I was working down here, and I had to do my absentee ballot. Oh, I see. And you had asked them to send it up to you in Inyo County where you were... Uh, absent. I, I, addressed, yeah. I addressed my ballot to the Inyo County Registrar, mm-hmm. certified mail, signature required, and rather than deliver my certified ballot, certified mail ballot to the registrar, the United States Post, Postal Service in Inyo County put my letter, they sent okay. it to my home address in Inyo County rather than across the street to the registrar. Okay, yeah, and I don't understand, obviously, you know, why that would be, and I'm not sure, uh, are, are you suggesting there is uh, foul play at work, Alec? Um, the possibility occurred to me uh, that Darwin, California, town that I was from, is sort of known as an outpost of lefties, if for lack of a better word. Well, I would suggest, Alec, that it was more likely uh, an error if they really wanted to make your your ballot disappear. They would have just disappeared it. They would have just thrown it away. So I can't explain why it happened, but it does underscore, uh, and thanks for the call, Alec, it does underscore uh, why, unless you must vote absentee, uh, don't do it. Vote on Election Day, on a paper ballot. Uh, yeah, there's more and more people voting, uh, you know, permanent absentee. Eva- and it sounds like uh, Alec may have had to, that he may have actually been out of the county. Uh, but if you don't have to do it, don't do it. That post office box you drop that absentee ballot into, that is the ultimate, the ultimate black box when it comes to voting. All right, a quick break. And those of you uh, on the line, hang on there. Let me see if I can try to get to you when we come back to the break. We also have Green News reports. So you are on deck, Desi Doyen. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. Yes, she's back. 
You're back. Yes, yes, I am. Go ahead, do the do the intro. Act like you're me. Go ahead. Uh, exactly. Melting for Desi Doyen. Yeah. Uh, here we are at the Broadcast with Brad Friedman of Bradblog.com, and Desi is here as well. Oh, she's lovely. Well done. I am. I like her a lot. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, she's pretty good. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, we might get to some more calls, uh, but I want to make sure we do not run out of time for today's Green News Report. Yes. So, uh, if, as I said, if you're on the line, hang on. We'll see if we can get to you. Until then, uh, very quickly, in six minutes or less, it is our latest Green News Report. This is a city in crisis, a city where, as you probably know, the tap water is toxic. Democratic presidential candidates debate in Flint and call for Michigan's governor to resign over lead poisoning crisis. Do you support fracking? We'll have both Hillary Clinton's and Bernie Sanders' answers. This media doesn't talk enough about what the scientists are telling us. He's right. Climate coverage is declining. Plus, you have this uh, cleanup effort that is uh, going to last decades. Five years after historic quake and tsunami, the Fukushima nuclear disaster continues. All of those disasters and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and... Snarky comment. The debate last night, Donald Trump said he would get rid of the Department of Education and the EPA. Because you know when you want to make America great again, stupid and poisoned is a great place to start. (laughs) Came to the right country. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, it looks like it took a man-made environmental disaster for the issue of the environment to come up almost at all in any presidential debate, but it finally did in Flint, Michigan on Sunday. Yep, Sunday night's Democratic debate in Flint, Michigan highlighted that city's lead poisoning crisis when the administration of Republican Governor Rick Snyder imposed cost-cutting measures that directly caused lead contamination throughout Flint's water system and then the state delayed action. Flint's water is still unsafe. Both Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton called on Governor Snyder to resign. Here's Bernie Sanders. There's a lot of blame to go around. I believe the governor of this state was irresponsible. He should resign. Sanders has made that call before, but Hillary Clinton also called for the first time for the governor to step down. I agree. The governor should resign or be recalled, and we should... Although both candidates stopped short of promising to replace all lead service pipes in the nation, both candidates pledged a massive national infrastructure repair and jobs program to fix the nation's decrepit water systems. Here's Secretary Clinton. This is not the only place where this kind of action is needed. We have a lot of communities right now in our country where the level of toxins in the water, including lead, are way above what anybody should tolerate. But getting funding to repair the nation's aging infrastructure is unlikely as long as there is a Republican majority in Congress. Even federal disaster aid for Flint is being held up right now by just one Republican senator, Mike Lee of Utah. Also in that Democratic debate in Flint, CNN debate moderator Anderson Cooper actually said the words climate change out loud. The issue of climate change has been a major uh, talking point for both y'all. What? 
Climate change? Never heard of it. (laughs) However, the question itself was actually about fracking. Secretary Clinton pledged to impose stringent regulations on fracking, including rules on methane emissions and water safety, and upholding local bans that she said would curb the industry. By the time we get through all of my conditions, I do not think there will be many places in America where fracking will continue to take place. And I think that's the best approach because right now there are places where fracking is going on that are not sufficiently regulated. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders was characteristically blunt. My answer is a lot shorter. No, I do not support fracking. Well, nice to hear the issue come up at all in a presidential debate. It's interesting that it took an audience questioner to ask about fracking. That didn't come from Anderson Cooper or CNN, who gets a whole lot of money from the fossil fuel industry, uh, supporting fracking between each and every commercial break, even of this debate. Speaking of climate change, a new analysis by Media Matters finds that network news coverage of climate change in the corporate media actually declined last year, despite major climate events like 2015 being the hottest year on record globally. So it declined from almost no coverage at all to even less than that? (laughs) Yep. Finally, March 11th marks the fifth anniversary of the historic earthquake and tsunami in northeastern Japan that killed an estimated 19,000 people and caused multiple nuclear reactor meltdowns at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Three top executives at TEPCO, the plant's owner, were recently indicted on criminal charges of professional negligence in the accident. In an interview for the broadcast marking the fifth anniversary, Voice of America's Bangkok bureau chief Steve Herman, who reported from Fukushima after the quake, said the ongoing cleanup and stabilization efforts will last decades. 40 years is the official estimate, costs around $250 billion, but you talk to a lot of people and uh, who, who are experts in the field, and they say that is a very optimistic figure. It was just an amazing interview with uh, Steve Herman from Bangkok. You can check that out at our website, bradblog.com. And yet we continue with these very same plants here in our country. I'm not sure what it is we're thinking. For much more on all of the stories we covered today and the ones we could not get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. You good? Yeah. All right. Well done, Desi Doyen. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Uh, you said we had a caller. Yes, uh, um, just real quick, yeah. caller Gary, who thought he might have an answer for the Inyo mail-in absentee ballot problem. That the ballot mystery? Yes, the ballot the, yes. mystery. What's the solution? He said it might have been just a, a post office procedure issue that if it required a signature and the guy wasn't there to sign for it, then the post office is kind of required to send, to it, send back it back to his home address, not to the one in L.A. There you go. That might have been it. That's a reasonable explanation. We always look for those before the nefarious ones. Occam's razor. There you go. Uh, let me. Do I have time? Yeah, let me get one more call in uh, really quickly. And sorry, it's got to be so quick. Uh, Lisa from Idlewild. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the broadcast. Hi there. Hi there. Um, you know, I have a couple things I wanted to mention real quick. Pick the first, first all, one. Pick the, the best one because that's okay. we don't have much the, time. All right. Well, the the Flint. The Flint, Michigan water crisis? Yep. I appreciate the fact that Bernie and Hillary suggested or asked him to resi- Snyder to resign. Mm-hmm. But I really feel that 
people that do these things that you know that make these choices, the decisions that will save so much money, um, and hurt so many people should actually be arrested. Like even Michael Moore says, mm-hmm. they should be. Even though a lot of people think he's just a quack, but. He has a lot of interesting things he talks about. I don't think he's and a quack really at all. That, he's not a quack yeah, at all. I mean, it, listen. You know, people I, people yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And people I've talked to think, oh, that guy, you know, they just think he's out there. But You need to talk to a higher quality of people, Lisa, because... Right, well, no, I, 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 that's not, that doesn't reflect on the people I actually talk to, but yeah. I, I yeah. do hear that. Yeah. But anyway, I do feel that Snyder should be imprisoned for what he's done. You know, and yeah. I mean, and anytime people do these things, people make these decisions that hurt so many people, they should actually be held accountable. Well, they absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they, and, sh- and, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. People feel powerless, unfortunately, and we're not. But, you know. Um, well, it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting, actually, when I was talking, uh, you heard in the Green News report when I was talking with Steve Herman in Bangkok about uh, Fukushima, that uh, the officials responsible uh, with the uh, TEPCO, Tokyo Electric Power Company, responsible for the decisions that led to that disaster, that the government officials initially did not uh, report what was, uh, I'm sorry, the the government officials who were looking at accountability for those people did not charge them. It was actually a people's process, similar to a grand jury uh, that they took matters into their own hands, and that's why they got indictments against those executives just a few days ago. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes it is up to the people to uh, raise hell and uh, to demand accountability from their election ofi- from their officials. And if they can't get that accountability, ability, vote them out. My thanks to our producer today, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess Cynthia Cohn, to our soundboard operator G. Uh, And to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, download it from bradblog.com for free or over at iTunes. (laughs) That's amazing. What a day. Drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. Follow me on the Twitters and the Facebooks. I am the Brad Blog. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. (laughs) 